0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time of day you may be listening to this, this is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome. This is today's edition of Bible Bites. We are in episode 206, and today's reading for me is found in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 through 8 as we continue reading through God's holy word this year. And I want to bring out just a few points. Should not take very long this morning. In chapter 5, I would like to read these verses to you. Chapter 5. Walk prudently when you go to the house of God. And draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they do not know that they do evil. Do not be rash with your mouth. And let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For a dream comes through much activity, and a fool's voice is known by his many words. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. Do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin. Nor say before the messenger of God that it was an error. Why should God be angry at your excuse and destroy the work of your hands? For in the multitude of dreams and many words, there is also vanity, but fear God. This section here, Solomon is giving wisdom and advice about what really matters and how to honor God with the proper reverence and the proper fear. And this is important. This is the right way to approach God and to approach his house. There once was a day when the house of the Lord, where people would gather to worship God, that place, that sanctuary that was devoted to God, was actually honored and respected. And, and there was a reverence in that place, not because of it being Some great, wonderful place. You don't worship the building. But there was a a reverence for the presence of God that that place was to house and was there to honor. And so, beloved, I think we need to get back to that. I think we need to understand That God is worthy of our reverence and our fear and our honor as we approach him. We need to be careful. Let our words be few. Not in the sense that God doesn't welcome our prayers and our praises, but in the sense that we recognize we are on a tiny little planet, a pea-sized planet, In the midst of a vast universe that he sits upon the top of, sits above, and has created with just his word. And so in recognition of that, it's talking here about that reverence of humility to recognize he is worthy of honor and reverence and praise. And we do not need to treat that as if he's some commonplace person or thing, but we need to have a holy respect for the Lord when we are in His presence and in places that are designated to be for His presence. And so, beloved, I just pray that we will receive that again and reverence the Lord for who He is. Hallelujah. Verse 12 talks about sweet sleep. For a laboring man, for those that labor and then are content when they go to bed at night, knowing they've worked hard, they've done right, and they can sleep in peace because then they're trusting in God. I want to read verse 15 and 16. As he came from his mother's womb, naked shall he return. This is talking about a rich man um, And his family and so forth. It says, As he came from his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came. And he shall take nothing from his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. And this also is a severe evil. Just exactly as he came, so shall he go. And what profit has he who has labored for the wind? Beloved, this is teaching us an important principle. Jesus picked up on this concept and actually taught us the truth about it. He said, do not invest your treasures on the earth. Moth and rust corrupt. You can't take it with you anyway. So it's not worth it to invest treasures here. Now, that doesn't mean you don't save for retirement and save nest eggs for rainy days and emergencies and things like that. I'm not saying that at all. But Jesus is saying it's far better to spend the bulk of our time and our effort in investing treasures in heaven. That's what the eternal, that's where the eternal value is. That's the only thing that's going to matter. You can accumulate millions and millions and billions of dollars in in checking accounts, savings accounts, CDs, investments, whatever you want to invest in. But you're not taking a dime of it with you when you die. You're going to either heaven or hell, but it ain't going with you. And so Jesus is saying the same thing Solomon is pointing out here also what Jesus taught. It's better to, for us to invest our time, our effort, our talents, and our treasures in the kingdom of God, in, in, in people, in the souls of people, and doing things that are of truly an eternal value. So I encourage you for, with that word. In chapter 6, the whole of this chapter pretty much speaks of the vanity of work and labor without God and his blessings upon it. Chapter 7, the very first uh, verse speaks of the the, uh, good name is better than precious ointment. Here again, we have the honor of a good name, a good reputation. Being a man of your word or a woman of your word, being that person that is of honorable character, that's trustworthy. That's what it's speaking of here. He goes on and he talks about the um, day of one's death better than the day of one's birth and and so forth in the next few verses. And to me, I I reach or receive from that the uh, brevity of life, first of all, because life is short, the finality of death, And the rest that's associated with it for the Christian. And the wisdom that's gained by understanding and considering the difference between them. And considering both. The psalmist put it like this. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So there's wisdom in understanding that we are here for a short period of time. There is a brevity to life. There is a finality to death. And we need to make the most of the time in between that we are given. In verse 20 of chapter 7 of Ecclesiastes, For there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. That reminds me of Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We need to understand that no matter how good in moral ways and in charitable ways a person is. They cannot say they have not sinned. Everyone has sinned and needs a Savior. And praise be to God, the Savior has been provided for us. And his name is Jesus, Jesus Christ. Verse 21 and 22 speaks of the wisdom of letting things go. Boy, do we need to learn that when people speak against us or we overhear or we learn about or social media comments or whatever that are hurtful, that are are degrading or whatever it may be. There's wisdom in the fact that you just let it go. Jesus talked about not casting pearls before swine. There's some people, you're not going to please them. You're not going to change their mind. So let it go. And there's wisdom. In that, and Solomon is speaking about that here. Hallelujah. And then in verse 8, I want to read a few verses here as we begin to draw down to a close. Verse 4 through 7 says, Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say to him, What are you doing? He who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful and a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment or verdict or the answer, the decision. Because for every matter there is a time and judgment. Though the misery of man increases greatly, for he does not know what will happen, so who can tell him when it will occur? No one has power over the spirit to retain the spirit and no one has power in the day of death; there is no release from the war, and wickedness will not deliver those who are given to it. I see in this these verses first of all, the truth of King Jesus being our king, he is the one that has the Word that is a powerful word. Think about this: Jesus spoke the word, told the planets and the um uh celestial bodies and so forth to orbit, to spin around, to praise him, to follow an orbit. And they do. And he spoke that into existence, I believe, around 6,000 years ago. And they're still doing it today. Still doing it today. That's the power of our king's word. He will come back in the second coming. We know he will come to the earth and he will defeat his enemies with a Word. The centurion recognized his authority when he came to him and he said, you know, I need you to come and heal my daughter. And he said, you're not worthy. I'm not, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Excuse me. He said, I'm not worthy for you, the worthy one to come to my house. Only speak a word. There's power and there's authority in whatever word is released through the mouth of King Jesus. Hallelujah. But then I also noticed in here, in this passage, the difference between time and the judgment or a verdict or an answer, whatever the decision is. And wise people will be able to discern both and discern the difference between the two. So we need to understand that as well as a part of life. Verse 11. Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the souls of men is fully set in them to do evil. Beloved, when evil lurks and people get into very wicked deeds, there's a a wisdom principle right here that speaks of how justice Against that and and the stopping of that evil deed needs to be done quickly. Otherwise, it sets in their heart that they can get by with it. And so they continue on in that way. So this is a true principle, a wise principle for justice in the earth. And then in verse 12, though a sinner does evil a 100 times, and his days are prolonged, yet I surely know it, is, it will be well with those who fear God, who fear before him. No matter how much evil uh, comes about and no matter how much it abounds in the earth, it is still best to fear the Lord and to trust in him. Always cling to that and don't let it, don't let it die and don't get away from that. And then in verse 15. As I draw down to a close here, I just want you to remember it is truly the blessing of the Lord and the desire of God for people to enjoy their life. Jesus said it like this. I have come that they might have life and that more abundantly. And the way we have true meaning in life and true enjoyment of our life is found in the source of life and in the source of joy. Jesus Christ, and a relationship with him. If you don't have one, you can call out to him right now through a simple cry from your heart in prayer and say, God, forgive me of my sins. I recognize that I have sinned before you. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my heart. Forgive me. Wash me clean of all of my sins. Wash my sins away. Give me a brand new heart and come in and make me brand new. In Jesus' name, He will do that. If you pray that and you sincerely mean it, then He will answer that prayer. He's just a prayer away. And He wants to save you and fill you with true, joyful, abundant life. Doesn't mean everything's going to be easy, because it won't. But you will have peace and you will have joy and cleanness like you've never known before. In Jesus' name, I hope this has been a blessing to you. God willing, join us again for future episodes of Bible Bites. To God be the glory.